to the Just Asking series of the That Iron Guy podcast. My name is I. I'm here to answer your questions on a weekly basis with the help of some of my friends. For this week, we'll be discussing about art and how far we should go for it. I've invited a very good friend of mine who is very active in the art community in Davao, including I wear many hats. I work as an artist, as a writer, as an independent curator, and as an organizer of small events. So I've asked Chi about her involvement in the art community in Davao. Uh, what she does, um, what her investments are in the community, effort-wise, time-wise. This is her answer. In the Dava art scene, I work as an organizer, but also because I'm an, a practicing artist, I, I, I work as an artist uh, working on different media. Not just, I, I've, I've distinguished myself as a non-painter artist, so I, I don't usually paint. Uh, there are already a lot of painters in Davao, so I prefer to do performance art. That's what I'm also practicing and loving. Um, and as an organizer, I've organized small arts and culture events. And one of this is the uh, what is known as liturgy. Uh, but it's uh, it's an event that I've organized with um, many uh, writers, young writers, uh, and art- artists also, and performing also in, uh, performing artists. And we've 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 done it for nine years already. Is it right? Nine years, now, two thousand. <laughs> yeah, eleven to thirteen. Ten years. Oh, it's ten years already this year. So, and I've also curated for exhibitions. Last year was the time when I really worked for a gallery. I worked for a gallery for about three months, I think. But before that, I curated and organized exhibitions um, in sometimes in galleries, but also um, there's also alternative art spaces where I'm working. So I'm really more interested in also organizing not just exhibitions, but Art, in, art engagements, especially with the public or with communities, because that's uh, usually the uh, that's that's uh, public engagement is often overlooked. So it's it's usually when you do exhibitions, it's, uh, it, it usually just caters to you know the within the arts community is for the arts community or you know for collectors trying to get uh, buyers to to buy art but then what about the um, the non-white public so that's what i'm more more interested in uh, to work on uh, events that um, encourage public engagement that's educational does not does not really is not really about commercialize commercialization of art so yes and i 
so that's somehow more or less what I've been doing in the years I've been working as, a, as an artist and as an independent curator. She does a lot of things for the art community in Davao. Maybe that's why a lot of people call her the patron saint of the arts in Davao City. I asked her what her thoughts about this name. Uh, well, it's it's uh, something that I'm called that I don't want to claim because sometimes it can be, you know, it's like. I think it started as a joke and it just caught on. So, and well, I think uh, before that became that title, patron saint of the arts, and I don't want it to be like to claim it for Davao City because I get embarrassed thinking about the other artists who don't really know what, what it's about. So it's really uh, known maybe with a small group of people. But it started when I think someone called me patron saint of uh, Bae. Because I studied um, uh, BA English, major in creative writing in UP Mindanao. I think I, I just also started showing up, even if after leaving school, I was still engaging with um, students from that program, especially working on liturgy. So we would have that, we still have that connection. And I don't know who, who initiated that term, but. But in one uh, recent um, meeting I had, no, it was just a, like a drinking session I had with uh, John Benga and some other writers. John uh, John Benga is is a graduate of that program also, and he now teaches in the same program. So he, um, he said that he 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 somehow coined that term. I don't know if it's. Because I'm a very forget, I'm very forgetful, so I don't really know the, where or who he started from. But it could be John. It could be John because he he says he remembers. Also, uh, I don't want to take also the credit from from the people who I who I'm also rely. It, so it's like I'm I'm fortunate enough to have um, I have looked up to certain uh, senior artists and writers who um, who dealt with me not in a not like gatekeeping we were talking about gatekeeping uh-huh. earlier before this but who dealt with me with uh, that's unlike gatekeepers so I've gone to them and asked them when I was a younger artist also when I was starting out I've gone to them and they would or sometimes they would go to me and then they would encourage me to you know go to certain uh, like uh, certain groups etc or check out a certain place or a certain exhibit and they would be open to giving me out giving me information about these things that I would need to develop as an artist or as a writer and I felt like I owe it to them and they were the fir- there before me so that's I, basically that's where my discomforts come from but you know um, I, I see myself more like um, because also well I have this uh, I, I, in elementary before I get to my other point um, in elementary I was studying in a Catholic school and and um, and the book uh, one of the books I really read apart from the Bible 
is a book of saints, the lives of saints. And in that book, there were a lot of pictures of saints being tortured. So it was not like being, <laughs> being a part to me as a saint. It's like, uh, I'm okay. gonna get, am I gonna get like tortured or crucified? You're gonna get hanged. Yes, yes. But, but what I see, uh, sorry. But what I see for myself as my role here in the, in the Davao Arts community is maybe uh, since I've, I'm, I mean, I, I still consider myself starting out, but I've, I mean, I've already gone farther than, you know, the younger generation, of course, so I've had a bit more experience. So, so I'm just like passing on like certain information, etc., and opportunities creating, you know, that what I really want is uh, doing and what I really like uh, doing is helping create platforms for emerging writers or artists to participate in and to develop uh, themselves and can work on together. So it's more like I, I see myself as like maybe like a ninang or god godmother, <laughs> so something like that. Well, yeah, I I just feel like some patron saint is kind of. It's too much. Uh, right? It's too much. So I would like to be human. <laughs> so that. On the topic about how far one should go for their art, she was a perfect resource speaker. Well, she just walked 250 kilometers the past few months in some kind of performance art. I asked her more about it. Yeah, so early this year, I started uh, what I call a Mindanao walk. So it's uh, basically, it's uh, doing a walk around Mindanao. And I've had this idea for a couple of years already uh, because uh, my, my main, uh, I started traveling years ago uh, after college I think uh, and I was since I was working uh, on a, with a minimum wage salary so I didn't have enough money to travel but I wanted to go to Cagayan de Oro where there where there's a thriving art scene and there were several other places where I wanted to be an artist in Mindanao so I decided to hitchhike so that was my main way of traveling hitchhiking because it saved me money going to these places so I could spend my money you know in in the places in the in the destinations and then I re- and then I've been riding you know in trucks for several years doing this hitchhiking thing and I realized that I really just want to be uh, to travel slower and then see more of the places that I pass by so uh, I, I I kept thinking about it and uh, there was this year when it, when the thoughts were really strong but I just did not have enough time, enough days in my year to do it. So, Because I thought that if I was going to do it, a uh, great Mindanao walk, uh, just walking around Mindanao, I would need like a couple of months to do it and complete it. So it's only this year when I really decided, last year I decided to quit, quit a job and go back to freelancing. Although, you know, working... Uh, full-time was just like several months of my year last year but there were several other things that were happening so this year I started off traveling really uh, going with a group to Le Colon and then I decided 
since I'm gonna be staying in Lake Cebu, that would be the starting point of my walk. And I was just gonna do a walk to Davao City from Lake Cebu. And that and then I would do several legs covering several areas, several provinces, and then I would take it far far farther in the next and I mean next year in 2020. I'm gonna do a one long walk, uh, really not going home for a couple of months, just going around the routes that I've um, passed through this year. So this year is more like exploratory kind of home than a walk. Yes. Now, while all these things sound exciting, the bigger question on our minds is, why and how did she come up with this idea of a performance art where she would walk around uh, Mindanao? We asked her to expand a little bit more about this. So um, when I was starting out, uh, I joined this group, uh, an art group. Uh, it's one of the biggest art groups actually in Davao City. It's called the Davao Artist Foundation Incorporated. And there were... Um, it's been going on for, when I joined it, it was almost 10 years old. So um, it was, yeah, it was about a decade old and a lot of Davao artists have already, have been members of it. And in the last two years of its existence, it was also trying to recruit new, uh, young, I mean, young blood, uh, new artists into it. And then I started, you know, through the group, I was uh, introduced to bigger exhibitions, at least uh, exhibitions that was just not limited to uh, to school because I was also a member of this college uh, art group and we were just exhibiting in our, in, in our in the school, in the university. So I was more exposed to bigger a bigger uh, group and a more dynamic uh, a more dynamic group and you know bigger exhibitions but then i started asking um is this is this gonna be like if i'm gonna be if i really am going through this path as an artist am i just gonna get stuck doing exhibitions and it's you know it's nice that people come and see your works and um but sometimes I, 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 I was resisting the fact that uh, you put uh, art in a cube, you know, in a room, and then people have to go to see it. And then, and then there's, sometimes there's no real connection with works because sometimes, you know, it's, there's also the, mar uh, the market, um, the commercial aspect of doing exhibitions. Like uh, artists, of course, it's a way for them to to introduce their works as um, this is a product that people have to buy, you know. And I, I was resisting that part of it because I didn't want uh, art to be experienced just as that, as, you know, as a product that you have to buy to get the full experience of. So, so I was looking for other media to really um, connect more to the audi audience and not really just pedal you know, pedal a certain experience or art. So um, I started, even before I knew about the term, I started like doing performance art. So so the, there were, the, either I was part, I was uh, the one actually engaging with the audience or I would also ask another participant. So 
I was part of the work, but the audience was also part of the work. So they were not just the audience; they were also participants. So I th- and then I started like um, doing summer performances, and it's not at the time it wasn't really recognized because because you know paintings and sculptures and other you know works with uh, done in the traditional media are there there these are the ones that get recognized as art and you know painters and sculptors they're the ones who get rec- recognized as artists here in our city so i was doing these performances and then and then I, but I didn't mind not being recognized for it because I, for me, this is really part of life. It's not very separate from life. And I, I think that, sorry, I think that, um, that, uh, that is more, um, you can connect more with people if, if, if you, if you engage with them without, even using, you know, props or props or doing anything material, but just uh, creating an experience for you to to um, to react to or something. So, uh, well, I've I've also used some props in some parts, but I think what I what I ultimately want to do is really to uh, take something or from life. Or it should happen within life. So I was talking, I was telling you about it uh, before that I was try also trying to create a lifestyle, a certain lifestyle, and it's a reaction also against you know a capitalistic society. So uh, now uh, getting to this part of realizing uh, doing a walk, um, beginning this year that I'm starting to do more walks and being um what's this um being deliberate about it that I'm gonna do a walk and then I want to do to transform this experience like through several years into a certain kind of lifestyle. Uh I've told some friends about it that uh ultimately I want to walk just walk. So I in a, maybe there there will come a year when I will really start to just walk. I won't write. I won't be writing anything. So I will cut my carbon emissions. I will cut the hecticness of my life. So I I will have to refuse certain things like going to meetings, being at a certain uh, certain place at a certain time. You know, because this uh, I've been living a very hectic life. Like I although. I think this year is less hectic than the past years, but you know, I have this, uh, in a day, I, ha- I would have several meetings in a day, and I would be shuttling uh, from one place to another, and I think that's, eventually, I'd, I mean, now I'm thinking, I don't want to leave that, that, that way in the next year, so I want to really cut off, not cut off connections, but really just have more time to to... Uh, be f- more focused on one thing and not really be, you know, be everywhere because uh, people will tell me. And I, I also see that I'm usually everywhere. I'm very, I make myself easily accessible. And uh, I also like, um, uh, was, was that, I, but 
I mean, now I enjoy it, but I'm seeing in the future because I, of course, we're growing old. I'm growing old, so I want to take life more slowly. And if I uh, do this as part of life to really just walk, I won't have to be everywhere. <laughs> so going back to the question at hand, how far should one go for their art? How far would she go for her art? Let's find out what she has to say. So going back to the question at hand, how far should one go for their art? How far would she go for her art? Let's find out what she has to say. So how far do I want to go for my art? Actually, it's uh, uh, I'm, I really it's something that I really also think about uh, doing uh, like this year doing my walk and also uh, well physically being there how what I endured and what um, what I physically endured and mentally endured it's different things because um, uh, I set myself myself up uh, by saying you know sometimes I do tweets about it I log my I, I log my and I would say like I would walk from this point to this point and I would cover this distance like this uh, kilometers and I would and I would uh, psych myself to do that but then on the ground I I I try to push myself because it's different you know experiencing this thing and then you're I'm walking in the in the heat because I walk in the middle sometimes also it's, uh, in the morning until the afternoon sometimes I start late in the morning so I would be walking in the in high heat you know long time heat and then I would try to rest every now and then you know just enjoy the like meet people enjoy the surroundings and so it's uh, it's for me it's, because it's not a competition for me I'm, I, I don't want to see it that I have to really complete uh, whatever I said that I would complete be at this point because I also want to enjoy you know uh, the experience of being there and it's not that I'm in a competition to do it I'm actually well it, it could be like I'm in competition with myself with my with with uh, you know with my was that uh, mental rigor or something but then it's not about uh, beating myself up so because I wasn't able to cover this uh, number of kilometers in a day but it's also because for me it's also about listening to my body and also uh, uh, feeling uh, feeling if I, I feel that I'm already very tired and I cannot go on I really have to to make it a point to find somewhere to rest. So, so there, but there are some, there are certain points in the walk where I would be feeling tired and my feet would be tired, and then I would just try to, you know, um, push myself further. But it's sometimes also just to find a safer place to stay to camp in the night. So the second, uh, the first, the first leg of my walk, I would, uh, I, I brought the tent, so I would find a place at around um, 
near sunset, like around four or five, I would find a place to pitch my tent, and then it would take because that would and that would take some time. So I give myself some time to find, you know, a house where the people are accommodating and then let me pitch my tent. It was also the same for my second leg when I. Uh, brought a hammock and I needed a place where I could hang my hammock. So I would, it took, I think it took me longer also in that uh, place in Misamis Occidental to find these places. Although these are really safe places, but I realized at the time because it was, it was, uh, it was during the time post the bombing in, in Holo, Sulu, and in Zamboanga. Right, so the, it was heightened alert, especially in those air areas, and there were not the people there were not always accommodating because I was a stranger. They didn't know what I was doing in that place, even if I explained to them what I was, you know, doing. But uh, some of them doubted, you know, and. And I, I encountered. Uh, it was the first time that. Um, uh, police. Uh, I was visited by police uh, twice and during my walk during uh, that leg. So it was a different experience for me where I had. There were times. Those times were the times when I had to prove my identity to people. So, so it it also factored in my decisions to uh, continue walking or to get to a safer place where I could really just process things so so there were that was there was that point when um, the second time when I was visited by the police and actually was taken to a police station uh, I decided that the next day I should well I continued walking the next day but I decided to just ride a bus at a certain point to uh, to the pollock where I would uh, have a, a, fr- a host who's uh, friend, so I could have time to really just relax. So I wasn't, I wasn't beating myself up like uh, I'm supposed to be walking the entire length of this leg. But but some things happen where I have to be also mindful of my safety and my, you know, um, yeah, it's my safety. So so I had to decide eventually. I mean, uh, what I what I it. I, I cannot say and I, I shouldn't also um, make I'm, of course there's an ideal walk but then whatever happens on the ground I have to be mindful so I have to change some things on the ground also so that's I mean with the walk that's how far I I took it or I will take it but also what, what I said earlier how far I'm really gonna take this in terms uh, uh, for my art is really to go to ultimately change my lifestyle through this. So, with regards to the Mindanao Walk, we asked Chi what was her endgame, what was her goal, what was the result or the ending that she expected. After all of this, or after her next set of walks, this is her reply. Now that I'm making it public, and I've made it public through Twitter, although I haven't tweeted a lot of my intentions there, but 
it's uh, a way for me to communicate like how we have to be mindful more of how we um how we go through life in this fast-paced society because it can really wear us down like living in this um capitalistic society where you are your attention your time and effort is demanded by uh there's a huge demand for you know for you for you as a human being to perform and i don't want to be you know to just be carried like you know a stone in the river where i just you know whatever whatever society wants society gets i want to also pace my life on my own so i want to eventually change my lifestyle So that's it. Thanks again for joining us in our first episode for our Just Asking series of the Dead Arrow Guy. So this will be a weekly series and I will try my best to invite the best resource speakers in and around in Davao City and to answer all your questions that nobody might answer on a normal day. So shout out to my friends at Swazubar, uh, friends uh, from Herbology and from Jalan Jalan Travel and Tours. So this has been I, that Iro guy. Thank you so much. <laughs>